Welcome to Copyright Clearance and his podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, October 27th, 2017. Our weekly guest on the show is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, who joins me today from his office in Manhattan. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. On Fridays, Andrew, we usually review the week's news, but today we review a year's worth of books ahead of PW's Best Books issue. Tell us a little bit about 2017's Best Reads So Far. Yeah, that's right. It's one of our favorite issues to put together every year and certainly one of our most popular. And Monday's issue features our annual picks for best books of the year. And as you know, we talk a lot on this show about the health of the publishing business. And often we measure that using numbers, whether that's corporate performance or sales figures or AAP stats. But the best books issue, that's always a reflection, I think, on the true strength of the book business, which is, of course, the stories that we tell. Indeed. And on that note, what does this year's best books list tell us about the health of our industry? In a word, strong. Uh, This year's crop of best books features some new names uh, and some pretty well-known names, and it covers a wide range of genres and not just literary fiction, but mysteries and romances and even comics. uh, And of course, a wide array of nonfiction from history to politics. In all, I think PW's review staff picked their top 100 uh, adult books again, and our children's department picked their top five. And as usual, the review staff picked their overall top 10 favorite books from any genre. And it's not an easy consensus to come to, for sure. You can see the whole list in Monday's issue, so I won't bother to read it to you here. Um, And you can also see it online on the Publishers Weekly website. But I will offer a few highlights from the top 10, including the author who's on our cover, which is Sujata Gidla, whose stunning family memoir, Ants Among Elephants, touches on a lot of contemporary hot topics, including class and immigration and opportunity and poverty and inequality. The book was actually the first book that PW editors picked out for the top 10. And it really is just an incredible story. Basically, Gidla was born in Untouchable in India. Uh, And as Johnny Segura, who leads our PW Reviews team, says, her family's story has the sweep of the best epic fiction. It illuminates both India's untouchable caste, and as the family makes their way through 20th century India, uh, it talks about how the caste intersects with class, gender, religion, and more. Uh, And it's a rare feat, Johnny says, um, to have personal stories that are so clearly able to weigh in on some of the hotly contested political battles that are going on today. Uh, And also, uh, he cites Giedla's deep generosity of spirit, which he says is evident on every page. Well, well, thanks to your capsule description, Andrew, it's a book I certainly want to read, and not only for the insights into Indian culture and politics, but also for the insights on another enormous nation torn by cultural division. As readers will notice about Gidla, her photo on the PW cover shows her wearing a tool belt, and on the inside, she's wearing a train conductor's uniform. What does that all tell us? Yeah, so Gidla is actually a conductor on the New York City subway. And, you know, it's interesting because for the last few years, the New York City subway system has been, well, pretty bad. In fact, a report just this week showed that overall wait times for the city subways have increased 72% for riders. And I know I'm experiencing that every day on my commute to work, but now we know why. Because hopefully, maybe MTA maintenance staff are all working on remarkable books like their colleague Sujata Gidla. And hey, at least now we know of at least 100 great books that'll help us pass those long wait times. But in all seriousness, the subway system is suffering largely because of the effects of Superstore and Sandy 
and mismanagement from politicians, not its worker force. And I have to say, it's just remarkable that Giedla was able to write this astonishing book while working for the MTA and you know not working in, a, in an MFA program or something. To me, that is, it's just remarkable. When Beyond the Book returns in a moment, Andrew Albanese notes that many of the year's best books share a common root. I'm Christopher Kinney. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at PublishersWeekly.com slash PWRadio. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, October 27th, 2017. And Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly joins me with the latest book, World News. Today, we note that PW is celebrating the best books of 2017. In addition to pointing out some great reads, the editor's list is drawn from the thousands of books that make their way to the PW offices. Andrew, any general trends that show up? Yeah, so that that's a good question. And I, I have to say a few things did jump out at me in looking over the list. The first is that the top 100 books here is a pretty diverse list. Uh, you've got men and women and a wide range of ethnicities and viewpoints. And, you know, we've discussed on this show in the past that there's been a real conscious effort in the industry to publish more diverse books. And this list certainly reflects that progress. Uh, and the other thing that really jumped out at me, something else we've spoken about on this show quite a bit, is that... Uh, We've talked about this golden age for indie publishers, and indeed, there are a lot of indies on this list. In fact, indies make up, I think, the, the bulk of this list. They're very well represented here. So, you know, I sat down and talked with our reviews editor, Johnny Segura, which I often do, uh, and I asked him about the diversity on the list, uh, and this is what he had to say about that. Yeah, it is a very diverse list, and that's something we definitely pay attention to when we're putting it together, not only in terms of the authors, but in the books we are choosing. Honestly, it was made pretty easy for us this time out because the books that were published this year, you know, didn't just appear fully formed out of nowhere. They've been in the works for a while and are products of our times and, you know, issues of race, of justice, of opportunity, of inequality are huge right now. And the books absolutely reflect that. And I also asked him about this indie press renaissance. You know, is this for real? Are we imagining this or are we really seeing this wave of great indie presses that are raising the bar for books? Oh, totally. Uh, Small, independent, and university presses have always published amazing books, and it's great to see that tradition living on. I mean, there are more small and indie presses operating right now than, I don't know, probably ever, and they are finding some real gems out there that otherwise would never have been picked up. We're really lucky for that. Well, Andrew, you and Johnny Segura certainly make a strong case for thinking that the health of indie publishers is pretty strong. But is it possible you have even some more good news for us on the health of the industry? It's nearly November and sales for the first half of 2017. The statistics there have just arrived. What do they tell us? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, back to the numbers part of, of the program here, and that's the, the Association of American Publishers Stat Shop program, which has now reached the halfway point of their, you know, their audited figures for 2017. Um, these are still preliminary, but the good news is that sales of adult trade books up for the first half of the year have risen about 3.1%. That's for the first six months of 2017 over the same period last year. 
The largest sales increase in the period came in higher educational course materials, and that's, you know, they were up 11.2%, and I just find that really interesting because that category had a really soft 2016. In fact, soft, I think, is a generous term. Sales for 2016 were down 12.6%, so that's quite a turnaround, and I'm really interested to see where we end up for the year in terms of higher education materials. Within the adult book category, digital audio and hardcover had the best performances for the six-month period starting 2017. Digital audio, we've spoken about that on the program as well, continues to ramp up. Digital audio is up 25.6% for the first half of the year, and hardcover book sales are up 13.5%, which of course brings us to the the digital elephant in the room, e-books. And while e-book sales are showing signs of finally hitting their floor, they're down about 4.4% so far in 2017 compared to last year. Um, And I say hitting their floor because recently uh, monthly stats have shown that digital sales actually are ticking up again a little bit. And if that trend continues, uh, we could see ebooks in 2017 uh, finish the year close to being flat, which I think would be an interesting development and suggest that we really are seeing sort of a, a final balancing out of digital and print sales. And I'll close by noting that the numbers that we saw from AAP, there's a lot of criticism of those stats and a lot of people wondering if you know they really are accurate, but they do seem to bear out a lot of the things that we heard recently at the Frankfurt Book Fair uh, from CEOs, including Simon & Schuster's Carolyn Reedy and Penguin Random House's Marcus Doley. Both CEOs talked about how print and digital have finally found their equilibrium, and Reedy talked about how Simon & Schuster, after years of taking pennies out of print, for example, through cheaper paperbacks, the company is now putting money back into higher quality books. And indeed, throughout the first part of 2017, hardcover sales are on the rise, 13.5%, not too shabby, while mass market paperback sales are tanking, also down about 13%. So this is something certainly to watch in the coming months, especially in terms of holiday sales. But in 2006, 2018, excuse me, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when publishers announce their new deals with Amazon. Because with the power reverting back to print, how is Amazon going to look to grab a bigger slice of the publisher's profits, which they always seem to be trying to do? Well, you know, print may power the profits at book publishers, but Andrew Albanese, you power our podcast every Friday with the latest book world news. Thanks for joining me today and every Friday on CCC's Beyond the Book. My pleasure, as always. Coming up next on Beyond the Book, machine-to-machine communication is the ideal scenario for licensing published works and the payment of royalties to rights holders. That, at least, was the stated premise of a recent panel discussion at the Rights Tech Summit in New York. But how far have we come? How close are we to achieving a fully realized digital-only business environment? Until code entirely does away with contracts, says Michael Shanley of Music Reports, human beings continue to add a value that no machine ever can. I think all of this starts with a human being. And uh, no matter what technology we apply to these systems, uh, if a person doesn't know how to interact or create the data that they need to disseminate, it's just not going to get there, right? And so we could evolve this technology, and I think technology evolves all the time, and I think we're getting to you know, great places in technology, but education and information is, I think, paramount to this being ubiquitous. Humans versus Machines, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries RightsDirect and Ixis 
Drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Thank you.